Okay, I still don't have an intro for my podcast, but it's a special one that I've been wanting to do, although it was meant to happen much later than this. I've got entrepreneur, model, Miss South Africa top 10 finalist, and her greatest achievement of all is my friend, Daphne Francis. Hello, everyone. That actually is one of my greatest achievements, so shout out. Um, I'm, I'm happy to be here. I haven't done like a, a podcast in a long time, so I'm excited to just chill and chat and yeah. yeah. I'm happy to have you on. Is there anything you'd, you want to add on to what I just said? Or are you ready to just get straight into it? Um, I think you've touched everything. I think Entrepreneur, I own a business called Tiffany K Models, which is based in the south of Johannesburg. And we focus on using skills development and confidence building to train young models so that they go out in the professional industry. And then I studied fashion design, so I'm hoping to do something with that knowledge this year. So stay tuned. And then I did Miss Essay 2021, which was a life-changing experience. So yeah, it was pretty exciting. So recently, you've obviously had a lot going on in your life. But I want to take it back a bit further to the beginning of your journey. Mm. So, obviously, I know you quite well. Mm. So, I know your modeling journey started a lot earlier than what most people know it started. Yeah. You had young, what, six, seven-year-old Tiffany? Yeah, like, yo, actually, four, five-year-old, yeah. Crazy. Talk to me about that. So I think like anyone that knows me knows that I'm like quite introverted. I've always been like that. So when I was younger, um, obviously it's something my mother picked up on and her way of kind of coming to some sort of solution with that was to put me into a modeling school that actually came to our preschool and taught like every Wednesday. Um, so she put me in the modeling school and they taught me like basic deportment skills, which is like how to sit on a chair, how to eat at a table, you know, no elbows on the table kind of thing. Um, but basically to hold my confidence. And I did a few fashion shows for Mr. Price Kids and, you know, like all that fun stuff. Um, but I didn't actually enjoy it at that age. I think I just wanted to be a kid. <laughs> like I wasn't taking it seriously. I didn't know what was going on but that's when I started and um, I stopped for a little bit to focus on like you know obviously school playing sports like stuff you would do around that age and did a little bit more um, like in my younger years and then when I was about 16 or 17 I think um, I got scouted to do modeling again so it kind of followed me um, and here we are <laughs> a few years later and yeah and when you were younger, there was a point where, you know, like I know you weren't really feeling the whole modeling vibe, especially because of how introverted you were. Mm. But you've obviously come to love it. It's become one of your passions and now even it's part of your career. Mm. So where did that shift come in where you've actually built this passion for the modeling industry? You know, I think it came in, like I ended off my previous answer was saying that I started when I was 16, 17 again, 
Um, I actually got scouted by another modeling school that's in our area and they asked me to come to some classes of these. Didn't want to go. <laughs> I was so shy. I was terrified. But um, my parents just basically said, why don't you try it out? You never know. So I went, didn't enjoy it um, for like a little while. Like I think I was just not into, you know, the environment. I was very shy to myself. I think when I started to like switch and enjoy um, and see it as something I could do as maybe a career was I did like a international marketing convention it was called the IMTA where about like 80 agents come down to South Africa annually and they're from like the modeling hubs of the world. So New York, Dubai, Paris, those places and so are the models. So other models come down as well and it's basically like a week-long convention where you do competitions and ramp and shoots where you can get scouted to model internationally. Um, so I did that and I took like a week off school and I think that's when I switched is because I met people from overseas and I met older people as well. I wasn't just sitting in a class with girls that were all my age. I got to converse with people that had different experiences, had different cultures. Um, and then I started to see how that helped me as a person. You know, it started to develop my skills and made me more open-minded and I was able to see different possibilities to things. So I think after that, that's really what I enjoyed about modeling and this, the fashion and modeling space was the people and how much it can help you grow as well. So, yeah, that's when the shift came in. When you had that shift in mindset of um, this is actually something I want to do or this is actually something I can do, mm. in your head, what were you thinking that journey would look like? Sure, to be honest, I didn't know if it would happen like 100%, I wasn't sure, like my goal was to finish school, finish high school, um, maybe study fashion design, which also like, you know, like um, when we went to school, like the careers were like to be a lawyer, to be an accountant, it wasn't like anything artsy, like I remember if I would tell people that I wanted to do modeling or fashion design, they wouldn't take me seriously, um, so I, I didn't. I knew I wanted to do it, but it's kind of like, you know, one of those things where you're like, it's a dream, but you don't really think you're going to go for it. Um, and I also hadn't seen any rep representation sorry, of it in South Africa. So I hadn't seen like that many famous or accomplished South African models, you know, and if they were, they'd had to have been overseas at some point. Um, I also hadn't seen a lot of specifically colored famous models, you know. Um, so for me, like, I didn't take it too seriously in the beginning, but I think the more I pushed forward and the more focused I became when I was in the spaces of photo shoots or whatever it may have been, um, I think by God's grace, um, more people noticed that determination and that work ethic, and I've been able to, um, make some of my dreams come true in the field. So yeah, it's been, it's been very blessed. Why did you say is a highlight for you? A highlight in my career? Okay, well, definitely my South Africa. <laughs> I can't, like, mm. ignore that. Yes, of, um, of course, of course. Yeah, so my South Africa, I did, it, I can't even believe we're saying last year. It feels like it's been, like, yesterday. But um, my South Africa was a highlight in my career because um, it's, I guess a lot of people still look at it as a beauty pageant for a modeling competition, but it isn't to me. Um, when you're inside, you really understand it's about like the difference that you want to make in people's lives and 
um, the passion and the message you have to share. So that was one. And then I think the first job I ever booked with my agency was um, Our Magazine. It was like years ago, but that was something that stood out to me because I remember when I thought of doing modeling seriously, I would read like the biographies of famous supermodels and like what their journey was and how they got to where they were. were. <laughs> and then um, one that I looked up to quite a lot, one of her first jobs was Elle Magazine. And I was like, oh, you know, we are structured in such a way where people make you think that if you're from Africa or South Africa, that dreaming of being in Vogue or Elle is small and it's not as reachable as if you lived in Europe or, you know, like America, whatever it may be. Um, and the first job I ended up booking was for Elle. So that's a highlight. And then obviously, Miss Essa, there's a, a few more, but I'm not going to talk about it the whole day. But yeah. Mm. So I actually want to talk about that um, that job for Elle you've done. Mm. So as you described, like it's something beef because it's not just a simple man of, okay, you're being featured in a magazine mm. or, you know, you getting exposure it goes down to to a level deep net like you said representation and mm. achieving a milestone not only for yourself but for others in the industry in the country mm. so being able to have a platform like that and not just with l with any other jobs you've done has there ever been a point where you felt like you in a way like are you familiar with the term imposter syndrome um yeah 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 has there ever been points like that in your career when you've been on these on these sets or booking these jobs or anything like that um i think that was definitely the first time i experienced it i think at the time i didn't know what to label it as um i think mm. i told you like i think you were one of the first people that i told when i got the job that um, I don't know where I was, I was out with my family and my agent called me to tell me, you know, Elle wants to book you, the shoot's on Monday, whatever. And I thought she called the wrong model. I was like, are you sure you're calling me? Because I just like got signed to you a month, two months ago. You know, I was just sitting there and she was like, no, they looked at your portfolio and they want you. So not only did I get booked, but to be directly booked for something where the client specifically wanted your look. Um, Sometimes you feel like, I, I think I didn't feel like I worked hard enough for it because I'd only been signed for like two months and I'd barely done mm. any shoots or anything professionally under an agency. Um, so I think it definitely kicked in there. Um, and then there has been times where like you'll see, I'll, like if I'm on a billboard as an example, because um, you don't know where your images will go in shoots. Like you don't know. Um, and I always think when I, before I started modeling, I was like, oh, to be on a billboard is going to take a lot of work. Like, it's going to take me years and um, I'm going to have to do this. And there's models that I've worked in times harder and whatever. Um, and sometimes it's just God's blessings, if I'm being honest. I'm not saying that I don't work hard because I work extremely hard to get to, mm -hmm. to have gotten to where I am. But um, that syndrome does kick in where you're like, um, um, it's weird to see yourself on a billboard sometimes <laughs> and you know mm. um you question yourself you question if you deserve things sometimes um but yeah i think i've just shifted it to um being confident in knowing how hard i work to be in the position i in regardless of like 
how people talk about it or how people view the industry or, or view me or whatever it is because I think social media it's so easy for people to think that because you have like a glamorous career that's being a model or owning like a modeling school whatever it is that things come easier for you or whatever the case may be but yeah for me I've helped that with just seeing it as I know myself I know my goals I know how hard I've worked and I also know God and I know what his plans have been for me so yeah okay and like you spoke a lot about like how you talk to yourself and like you question whether you should be in a position for this but have you ever had any external factors put that into your head mm, for sure like can you talk to me about that yeah I think when I was younger we spoke about it a bit earlier it was just peers like being in school you know the 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 common mm. story kids bully you kids are mean um, I got told I was too shy to ever do anything um, out there um, or if you told people that you wanted to be in the fashion or modeling space it was assumed that you weren't academic and you weren't smart enough and that's why you chose that route um, and if you were in it like I still get it today like um, when I did miss so if I do shoots or jobs and stuff where people make like small remarks of like it must be nice to be pretty it must be nice to be you know and for me and for a lot actually but if I would say all the women and men that are in the space it's not about that it's it's hard work it really is to be in this industry you get so many horror stories that I can't even go into but um it's in saying that it's also the industry itself sometimes like you get some auditions where like certain individuals will be a little bit too personal about the critique with you um you know um people that follow you on social media will send you messages and assume things about you um, there's just a lot that um can make your your mind go a bit negative sometimes but yeah and would you say like you just take it back to that point of knowing who you are and knowing what you're there to do yeah because i think we what we in 2022 now i think a big source of it like i said is social media um and i noticed that throughout my career that sometimes you'll see someone post something or some achievement um and you'll feel like you need to catch up or you'll feel like you're not where you need to be um or you're not doing enough or whatever um And sometimes people will go as far as to comment under your social media post to say things even if you do achieve something that you could think is pretty great but you know how it worked for it people have a habit and I'm not saying everyone but there's that 10% that have a habit of just like bringing you down um you know the keyboard warriors <laughs> that like hide mm-hmm. behind the fake accounts or whatever um and that can get to you because if you see it enough even though you don't believe it you start to question if it's true at some point you're like you know what this person keeps saying that I'm this um it's happened now four times in a week people have commented this on my thing is it true um so it does play on your mind quite a bit um and yeah i think that what i just tell myself is i know myself um i know that the people around me know who i am and like know my story and as long as i keep doing that you can't lose um yeah because the minute you just sway to the direction of what they're saying you're making them win so 
Yeah. And like, I can imagine it's hard to get away, like away from that properly for you. Because mm. you've, say, for, I, I'm not that active on social media. Mm. But say, for example, if I had to become overwhelmed by, by that part of life, I can just say, okay, I'll uninstall Instagram for a bit. I'll get away from whatever I'm on mm. and I'll dub. But for you that needs social media in your career, it's like, it's, mad to think yeah. about because you can't really get away from that and all those little keyboard words can just continue and continue and continue it's so true yeah, you can do it's so true like i was actually thinking about it the other day like sometimes you need like a social media detox where you, you can just relax yeah. um and it, it's really like physically sometimes it puts so much pressure on me like you can feel like you consumed in a way like you feel suffocated by yeah, being yeah. on social media all the time and um, having to post things because you have like a deal with some brand or whatever the case may be um, and for me sometimes I just want to take a break but um, you can't all the mm. time because if you don't post as frequently you lose traction, you could lose a client you could lose a potential um, chance to market your business whatever that may be and it's also just because of the industry I mean unfortunately it's how you can stay relevant if that makes sense so um, as a model, as a influencer, which is something I'm still getting used to because after Miss Essay, I gained quite a few followers and then I was coined, you know, an influencer by like my peers and my friends, even you. Um, and it's something yeah. that I need to get used to because um, you have to think about like what you want to influence out there. Like I don't just want to be posting clothing pictures with fashion brands like that's not all life is about. Yeah, it's nice and it's a hobby of mine, but I want my, my social media to have a deeper meaning. So just thinking about all of that um, and having to take a break, I think what helps with that is just like your, your own little routines in the morning, like doing some yoga, whatever it is, writing in your journal. Um, I like listening to music because it's like my own little world where I don't have to... Um, reply to DMs or worry about what I'm posting at six o'clock or whatever the case is but um, it's hard sometimes actually a lot of the time when you can't ex escape it and I think for my personality type that's more introverted that likes privacy um, it has like taken a toll on me now and then but I think what helps me overcome it is just the passion for what I do and I know that with the negative side of social media comes a lot of positive, like these little girls that follow me that know that the dreams they have now that are people that people are telling them they can't accomplish, they'll be able to accomplish because they see me as an example. So I think that that's something positive I can take away from it. Have you had experiences like that already? Like where people come up to you and they're like, well, not come up to you, it's COVID. They can't do that. <laughs> But like, we're like, they'll DM you and they'll be like, you know, like, I see your journey and you've helped me so much or like mm. anything along those lines. Like, have you gotten there before? Yeah, I get it almost every day. Like, you know, your DMs or your DM requests um, where, where you don't um, follow people, they don't follow you or whatever, so it will go. Um, mm. I do. I get it from girls, guys, um, everyone from different age groups. So that's something that really just makes me, like, warms my heart because, you know, I'm like, literally a marshmallow mm. um and like speaking of yeah. coming up um i was at like the mall the other day the one like near us and this older like man like a dad 
came up to me and he started speaking to me and he, he didn't know exactly where to place me but he recognized my face that's what he kept saying to me and he kept asking like what did you do and then i mentioned um miss essay because obviously now in recent times that's most likely where people would recognize my face from um and he got so excited and he was like yes francis and he was so excited and he called his wife and he started speaking about his daughters and um what made it even more comforting for me i guess is because it was a colored person and someone that was speaking to me in afrikaans so it was someone from my own community so um that happens quite a lot especially after my essay and um yeah i'm so i'm so excited because i know what it feels like to feel that positive and like warmth from like looking at people that are from the same place as you and doing these like cool things so like to know that i can like help influence people my age and like my culture to go that same path is something that's very exciting for me so essentially like you have your supporters like you've had supporters for a while but ever since like your most south africa journey what you a portion of that they become worse, they become your fans basically so like for someone that you know was just doing their thing in the modeling industry you know working their way up like not doing anything too crazy but still doing quite well and then just to have that big jump from you know doing all right to all of a sudden making such a big jump mm. to the point where people are coming up to you and knowing you knowing your face and all that like as in did you need an adjustment period for that or like has it just been like easy to take all that in and just go with the flow and all of that um you know what? i think i did need an adjustment period i don't think i got it um and that's how i noticed that i mm. needed it but um it's weird because like in south africa you don't have a culture of like fans or fan bases and stuff we don't have like people yeah. that run after us in the shopping center to recognize you you know um yeah so when i started modeling like there would be people around me that would like either have so much belief in me to the extent where they would like i don't want to say warn me but they would just say you know like if you do fully pursue this and you are um lucky enough to be successful at the things that you want people are going to start to like follow your tracks or are going to start to recognize you especially in an age of social media um but i think i took it very lightly um i just focused on the fact that i wanted to achieve goals and like like i said show goals that were also shy and also quiet that um you can do things that seem like out there you know um and then i did miss essay and i think when i went into miss essay i knew miss south africa as a brand and as a sisterhood was big and i knew everyone recognized it especially south africans but i didn't necessarily think that like i would be in a position where like you said people would come up to me or people would like um message me on social media or like you know just feel that familiar with you or sometimes a bit entitled to you so i mm. found it hard to adjust to that because like i said i'm very i'm a very private person um and i also took it lightly when people would be like yeah no if you do this like just be prepared because some people will like 
take it seriously and like want advice from you and want to come up to you and stuff. So I needed an adjustment period. I still think I need an adjustment period because there's certain things that like you can't really do in terms of like on social media, you can't show your entire life and you want to protect like your loved ones because like I mentioned, social media can be a bit negative. So can publicity, so can media as a whole. Um, Doing interviews, I have to get used to what I can and cannot say. Like not to say that I have anything bad to say, but you want to, You. it's so easy to get taken out of context because sometimes it's sad to say that sometimes there's individuals that look for that they look to twist like the things that you say so you have to like really adjust to almost like filtering yourself sometimes um uh yeah I think that that that's something I'm still working on it's just like I do it for the purpose of protecting my friends and my family um because sometimes there are people that are out to just look for drama (laughs) so yeah Mm. okay so like you've spoken about the like you've had a bit of like there's been nice interaction then there's been some that have just been otherwise Mm. you know by but has there ever been like those weird ones nah like like someone's busy or coming up to you and like and in your age you're like oh like where you physically have to take a step back yeah just because of the energy you're getting. I want to hear that story. Yeah, so I'll go back like a few years ago. Um, I did like a shoot mm. to update my portfolio with my agency. Um, and I posted mm. it on Twitter. I think I did show this to you. Um, and then someone screenshot those pictures and made it their wallpaper. And like their WhatsApp chat background. Mm. And for me, like, I've seen that before, right? But it was always like Jessica Alba, Megan Fox, like, you know, that kind of vibe. So I was like a bit, I didn't know where to place myself. So I I laughed about it. But like, honestly, it's quite a creepy thing. Like, but I didn't know how else to like handle it. I was just like, this is so funny. Like, this is actually happening. Like, I don't know. Um, But yeah, situation got dealt with. But that was like one of the first times I was like, some people actually don't take it lightly some people see things bigger than you see them so for me it was a photo shoot to like draw it in my career and for someone else I'm already like that figure to them if that makes sense um Mm. and then like I think the whole Miss Essay experience as incredible as it is it's also kind of like it's fun to just get used to things like um I shared with my family like we had to get used to like walking around with security um it was wild to me like getting out of a car and being walked around with security like obviously it was lovely because like we got along with them so well they were like our older brothers they were like they actually were like our family you know you get to know them because you spend so much time with them but just the concept because i would remember we'd come from events and there was like a specific situation where someone did come up to like myself and a few of the girls to ask to take pictures um but they were a bit too, like, what do you say, like, pushy or pressurish about too it. Pushy. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and it it was just a wild situation. I, I'd only ever seen it on TV, you know, where you have security and um, people are coming up to you to take pictures with you. So, yeah, I think 
they're the most creepy things that have happened on social media, though, but they, like, some people can take it too far. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I think most of the time, everything, I, it should, I shouldn't laugh about it because it's actually weird. But I do because, like, I'm just not used to it. I'm like, really? <laughs> Is this happening? So, yeah. So, just to move a bit forward now mm. into your business, actually. Nah. Because I, like, I don't want to move on to the most South Africa stuff without touching on Tiffany Kemal because yeah, that's yeah. always like a big part of your life. Yeah. You know, especially like coming out of school and then starting your own business. Yeah. Talk to me about that. Like, what what made you start Tiffany K? Um, You know what? It, it was almost like a... I don't want to say it was an accident, but it wasn't planned for that time period like I always knew like without a doubt throughout my whole schooling career even when I was little I always wanted to be my own boss as they say um um, but my plan to start my business was probably after I studied like three four years so after school I started studying fashion design and then in my first year of fashion design my dad lost his job so we couldn't like continue to pursue my studies and you know what like they, my parents obviously gave me the option like if I wanted to continue studying obviously we'd try and make a plan to make it work but um, even though I love fashion so much and it's still something I'm going to pursue I think in that moment um, I wasn't happy I wasn't content sitting in a lecture room every day because with fashion schools Sometimes they can be quite different to varsity and like bigger universities like Bits or UJ. You, with our school specifically, you sat in the same lecture room and we had the same lecturer for all our subjects. So it was kind of like grade one and grade two vibe. So it was very yeah. easy to get bored of seeing the same faces every day, especially if you're thinking you're doing something exciting like being a fashion designer. You think it would be more active and stuff. So um, I made the decision to just, you know, not that we really had the option, but I couldn't continue to pursue it anymore. And um, uh, I started modeling full-time. That's really when I started taking it seriously. And I noticed that people would start sending me messages to ask for advice. Um, and how do you do this? And it became to the point where it was overwhelming. And I couldn't respond to every single person in the same way, you know. So my decision was just to, I saw a gap. I saw that. There were a lot of young girls, especially, that didn't know how to navigate the modeling industry. And even though the modeling industry is incredible and you can, you know, gain so much independence and learn a lot, it can also be very dark and scary because we have people out there that take advantage of women, that, um, you know, maybe don't pay models, things like that. So having that experience, I decided to just start training girls. Um, and I actually started in my bedroom um, with Tyler, you know Tyler, so Tyler's actually still a student with Tiffany K Models today, and shout out Tyler, yeah, shout out to Tyler, and then from there I was like, you know, why don't I give it a name, and I called it Tiffany, it was originally called Tiffany K Models, no, Tiffany K Scouting and Model Development, that's what it was called, like a long name, then I changed it to Technique Youth and Model, Model Development, and now it's just Technique Models because it's just the other two are just a mouthful. 
So I gave it a name. Yeah. And then I launched it with a workshop, um, which my father actually helped me with. So I didn't have any like income to start the workshop. So he borrowed me money. Um, and then I charged like a ticket fee for my workshop. And with that, I paid like the venue hire and stuff like that. And I also paid my dad back. So I think that's when I started to learn a lot more responsibility and a lot more how to deal with finances and budget and things like that. Um, and from the workshop, um, I just started doing classes at home in my bedroom because I wasn't able to afford a studio yet. But um, my point of starting Tiffany K Models was just to help people that were in the same space as me and also came from a place of not knowing what to do, um, not knowing where to go, who to trust specifically. Um, how to manage this new adjustment because like modeling isn't I would say an ordinary ordinary career um no one teaches you how to like deal with some of the things you have to deal with as a model because it's not looked at as a proper career so I wanted to be someone that people could look to for that you know that shoulder to cry on or that those arms to hug when they do get the positive side of the industry and when exactly did you start it? I know it wasn't 2018, but when in 2018? I started it um, October. I think it was October 2018. So it's been, yo, it's been a while. Because <laughs> mm, we're going into, this would be its third or fourth year. Mm. My math is very, like, my, I couldn't do that calculation in my head. <laughs> so I'll just. It's because you always used to talk nah. in maths class. Yo, yo, no, that's actually embarrassing. Like it's three. It's been around three years now. Uh. Nah. Yeah, yeah. And to go from teaching in your bedroom to now, actually, you know, mm. every week the kids come through to the studio, you know, and it's 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 your baby. Tiffany K. Models is your baby. Yeah. And it's something you're very proud of because, you know, I'm someone that shows up to, like, the Tiffany K. events that happen and, like, it's something you can see you enjoy doing and you have a good relationship with the students. Mm. You know, like, when I'm there, it's like, it's like a mother overlooking her children at, like, a picnic <laughs> and they all have good relationships mm. with other. And, and okay. overall, it's a very good vibe. Exactly. Exactly. Overall, it's just a very good vibe. So what plans do you have for Tiffany K.? So I think I'll start off with my plans for 2022 because if I have to go into like my five-year plan, we'll be a favor. But um, yeah. I think this year we're actually looking at transitioning more into an agency as well. So we are like focused on academy stuff, so teaching modeling and training models and stuff. Even though we do book a lot of our models for jobs now, though, um, it's just not we aren't an official agency in the industry yet. So doing that transition, I've already started on some stuff for that. So I'm excited to launch it and actually introduce Tiffany K Models, the agency to the industry, because I think that we are, I think I want to say I'm confident that we can fill a gap that I've seen in the industry, not just as someone who trains models, but someone who's a model herself. So, um, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to filling that gap and then also just bringing in new talent, um, just not 
in the modeling space, but in the creative space as a whole, you know, makeup artists, photographers, um, videographers, that space, bringing them in and seeing how we can help them as well. Um, so yeah, we're going to be transitioning to an agency and then I want to open up another branch in Johannesburg um, and hopefully Cape Town if we can fit it into 2022. Um, and yeah, I think I have so many plans. You know, I want to go international at some point as well um, because I think even though there is like things of disadvantages in the South African modeling industry, um, I think that in some ways it can be a lot worse overseas. So if I could take it there, that would be incredible. Um, but yeah, I think my, my base is just is to start at home. So my focus going into 2022 is to do the agency transition and to open up another branch. And with you being a young entrepreneur, you know, mm. um, you know, you're only 22 at the moment. At, you started when you were 19. Mm. Like, is that not daunting for you? Like, to actually look in the mirror one day and be like, I am going to create something. Yeah. What wasn't there before, I will make it. And then to actually have it work out. Because Tufnika is in a very good position at the moment. You have students and there's plans for growth as you were talking. Yeah. So being in the position you are, as young as you are, and obviously having faced a lot of pushback mm. going into the journey of that, what does it feel like to now actually look back on that journey and actually see the the fruits of your labor? Um, so I, I'll answer the first part of the question about like it being daunting and then move on to the mm. second part. Um, I think it can be daunting, like daunting, my English today. It can be daunting, mm. <laughs> um, but I think what makes it easier for me is because I know that it can be done. Um, I think a lot of the time what scares people from pursuing their dreams and their goals is because they haven't done it yet, so they don't know. And also you still have that like little circle of people that will be like, you can't do it, or that little voice on your shoulder that makes you doubt your skills. But because through God's grace, I've been able to both of Nikkei models and say that I'm a business owner at 22 and that um, I've done this and I've you know impacted lives in this way um, it doesn't daunt me as much like it doesn't scare me because I know that a few years ago I had plans to start a business which was something that was so big like I thought I would have to have millions saved up and like you know had no people and have connections all over the country and whatever but um i did it with myself my dad my mom you like three other friends <laughs> we just like set up chairs in a little venue and i literally started in my bedroom and now like you said we're here today so i'm not really that scared because i think i have confidence in myself and the people around me that um, support me to do it and i also know like i have god like that's a key factor in my career and in my life is just to trust in him and then um sorry can you repeat the second part of the question i forgot <laughs> no i was just asking like being able to look back on it now mm. and seeing the place in how does that feel for you um, it feels exciting. 
like it's weird because we spoke about like imposter syndrome earlier because a lot of the time most of the time i'm excited and i'm grateful because um i am a lot further than i was but sometimes you're like should i be doing more you know sometimes you're like uh could i be in a better position um but that can also lead to you pressuring yourself and then like you overthinking and whatever so i try not to think about that too much um because i know i'm going to get there so yeah but i think it's normal for everyone like people will look at you you know even you like you started your own business people are going to look at you and be like oh my gosh shane's got it going on shane's got it a business shane's doing this shane's doing that and you just like what if i need to i'm still broke <laughs> you know i'm still broke fam. yeah we all have like our stresses and our worries because i'm always I'm, yeah. you have to constantly be competing with yourself or else you're not going to get anywhere um yeah and then sometimes there's that little devil on your shoulder that's like oh but look over there look what they're doing you know like maybe you need to also do it's just like it's weird because the marketing space can be so big but overall i'm i'm just grateful because i can see where it's going okay. that's actually very awesome <laughs> thanks so obviously you know you you know you are running your own business you run it yourself you know and you're doing all that as you were going into the most of africa journey mm what was that like having to like obviously in the beginning you had to try and balance both mm. what was that like sure i think you know it was stressful for me in the beginning mm. because i initially didn't know i did know that i wanted to enter my south africa i had never known when specifically um and i think then last year i just decided that was the year um and then i was like happy excited made the decision to enter and i got hit with the reality of the fact that i am the only one that runs my business i don't exactly have like a big team behind me um i didn't have anyone to be in the studio to teach my students while i would have been away so it was something that i started to really think about and worry about and i actually got so far to the point where i think i found you and i told you that i'm not going to enter south africa anymore yeah um because my business was in such a position where it was like almost fragile where it was going on the path of success and now i've built my foundation and i have students and our brand is out there but um it's delicate to the point where if i neglect it in any percentage it's going to go back to where it was just before that you know so i was worried about that and i thought about it a lot but i think again i was just like if something is meant to happen it's going to happen um and if it were to happen that i had like just entered miss i entered miss sa made it in and my business did a little bit um it's something i would have learned from it was a decision that i chose to make and i think it would have taught me a lesson that would have helped me in future not just in my business but in life and in making decisions in general but fortunately that didn't happen it actually helped my business um and when i came back to tiffany k models after my like incredible most south africa journey 
it was in the same position that I had left it in, um, if not better, because I had more support. Um, I had given my students a little, you know, an example of the things that they can go for, even if it isn't Miss South Africa. Um, I was able to, as a coach, show them, you know, that anything that they wanted to work towards would be possible. But I think in the beginning, the, the decision was definitely something that I was internally fighting with myself over. Mm. So now actually going into the South Africa journey. Mm. So it's standard, like, um, like, correct me if I'm wrong mm. um, with any of this, but you record an online uh, entry video you know they give you a brief of like what they want in it line and they they narrow it down and then from there a top 30 is chosen yeah okay so you filmed your interview you already posted mm-hmm. and i believe you said there was about 1500 or was there more entries I think um, they said it was about one six, like, yeah, one thousand six hundred and something. Yeah. Yeah. So, one thousand six hundred and something women, all aiming for the spot of Miss South Africa, mm. all aiming to be on their big stage, and only thirty get a an actual chance, you know, mm. at being close to achieving that. How did? How how did it feel to find out that you were part of that 30? You know what? It's so weird. I want to actually go back to what I said earlier. Sometimes, like, you'll find in your career when you know what you're doing and you've been doing something for a, a long time. Like, for me, it was building my brand and my message because I always knew from when I was little, just like any other woman that's going to enter myself after this year or the years to come. You have an inkling you always want to enter Miss Essay at some point in your life, you know. So I always knew I wanted to do it. Um, and one thing that I, like, watched of, like, Steve Harvey on, on TikTok, so basic, but, like, it was an inspirational video where he said that if you have a vision for anything in your life, whether you see yourself buying a red Ferrari, whether you see yourself living in a mansion in, I don't know, Miami or whatever, um, that vision is you and God telling you that it's possible and that it will happen if you work for it Um, because where else is it going to come from, you know? So I posted my video and I found out quite soon after. um, It was actually a Sunday morning, which being Christian, I, I thought it was something that was quite special. It was a Sunday morning. Um, I'd woken up. It was early, it was like 9 o'clock, and I got a call from Steph, who is the CEO of Miss South Africa. Um, And I recognized her voice immediately because I've been following Miss South Africa for years. And it was weird because I I always tell people when I got the call, before I answered, it was an unknown number, I got butterflies in my stomach, which you don't get normally. Like you won't plus two, seven, oh, butterflies, no. So I got butterflies and um, I knew, like, it sounds so weird and some people may look at this and be like, oh, she's full of it or whatever it is. But I don't mean it in that sense. I just, I 
felt like I felt like God had held me through it and guided me. I I prayed about it a lot. I'd worked hard for it, and when I got that feeling, I knew. And when I answered, and it was her voice, I already knew. Like, okay, whatever happens. Um, and then I I found it. I made it in, and I literally like got. I cried. Obviously, the whole shebang. Um, but it's weird. Like when you when you know you work hard for something, and when you know that you can trust God or whatever your religion is, when you can trust your God, um, then you you have that like my grandmother likes to call it that that unexplainable faith like that peace and that contentment um which I'd I'd experienced times in my life but never so deeply so yeah that's how I felt when I found out that I made it in um yeah and I just felt very proud of myself as well okay so obviously like that like the intro video and that all throws that's all available for the public to see mm. and then from top 30 it's a bit more behind the scenes the public don't get to see much mm. so talk me through like what process did you have to go through in order to make it into the it goes from top 30 to top 10 mm. correct yeah, so what process did you have to go through to go from top 30 into the top 10? So this, I mean, last year, sorry. Last year it was quite different. So usually it would be from a top 30, um, and then I think you would do an interview with the judges, and then you would be made a top 15 semi-finalist, and then the public would vote for you, and then you would go into top 10. So last year they did a complete cut from top 30 to top 10. So I would say it was a little bit more difficult to make that cut. Um, so there was public voting open. So people could vote for you, got your number. People would vote for you on CompuTicket. Um, they could go buy votes. And then we also did an interview as well with the judges. Um, and we had an all-former Miss South Africa judging panel which as exciting as it was, it was also very intimidating because if there was anyone that knew who should have been in that top 10, it would have been them. Um, so that's how the process was. And um, I actually remember my interview day so clearly. Like I remember doing every single thing under the sun to calm my nerves. Like I downloaded meditating apps. I'd never meditated a day in my life before, like maybe once. And I'm downloading meditating apps. I'm like praying every prayer that I knew, like reading scriptures, everything, because I was so nervous. Um, also because the top 30, like they were all of us, like every single woman deserved to place in that top 10. Like we also had some workshops behind the scenes that people didn't see. You know, we had a lot of Zoom workshops to get to know each other and to get to know the team um, and to know each other's stories. So it can be quite intimidating when you're in a circle like that. So we had to do public voting, the interview, very nervous so that I actually thought that I butchered my interview. Um, but obviously you're going to be your own your own judge, so you will think that you do bad, whereas like in reality you actually didn't. So, um, yeah, that was the process. And, yeah. Let's talk about the interviews, because mm. obviously, like you said, you have previous Muscle Africa's, mm. you know, interviewing you, 
and for you who's had this dream of becoming a South Africa like these women like some of them are probably your idols mm. or people you look up to so to communicate with them on on that level like like what's going through your mind so sure. i was stressed beyond measure like i couldn't keep myself together throughout the entire because it was over zoom i cannot imagine if it was in person i probably would have fainted but <laughs> over zoom i was shaking like i don't know if they could see like i had my hands on my lap but my hands were like sweating and shaking my heart was beating so mm-hmm. fast because there's a, a sense of intimidation you know and then there's a sense of like these women inspire me and like i can't believe i'm talking to them right now i can't believe i'm here um and also because you just want so badly to show your message and your heart and your intentions for south africa um and that was something i really wanted to show to them um but i was nervous so as we are because like a big thing when you're nervous is like i'm nervous i'm going to mess it up but it's like if you're not nervous then you won't have to be nervous about messing it up if that makes sense but you can't yep. talk yourself out of that nervous state when you're in it so i felt those three things um and when i went on the zoom they were incredible they were everything that you would think like a panel of like four miss south africans would have been very welcoming very warm but at the same time very strong and very um you know knew what they were looking for and um the first question they asked me was so light hearted which i think helped me they asked me um who my favorite brother is as a joke you know because i have two younger brothers um and immediately you just feel a little bit more peace and relaxed but yeah i was very very nervous like i won't lie i st- immediately after that i tell everyone i did not think that i was going to make it into the top 10 because I, yeah. my voice was shaking um and everything like and i i honestly think they could see that <laughs> i'm pretty sure they could but at the same time i think they understood because they were in the same position at some point so yeah so what did you say some of the highlights of that interview was actually the highlights um i think just like i mentioned just seeing how human they are because like a lot of the time um it sounds weird but i know people like how we said people can view like us as the top 10 of 21 2021 as that whereas like myself i viewed every single miss south africa before i entered as that like this role model this woman that's so far away and is like so high up and has accomplished so many things so that was a highlight for me to just know that i was not sitting in the same room but maybe sitting in the same virtual room as them and conversing with them and you know they knew me like they knew i existed and they could hear my story and we could relate on some sense of what our purpose for you know changing people's lives were i think that that was something that was a highlight for me um and yeah and just seeing that like even though they are where they are they never like changed how they treat people or how they speak or whatever it is it felt like i had just been sitting in the space with women that wanted to just get to know me and wasn't they weren't like looking to be 
specifically judging you, even though the term is judge, you know. So, yeah. And like we've spoken about your interviews quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, like not in detail, like I don't know exactly what the questions were asked. But there's one that I wanted to bring up here. Mm-hmm. Nah. It's a bit, it's on the light other side, but it's when they asked you to do an accent. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. Which that. one did you go with? <laughs> so I was so silly. I when you make top thirty, like um, obviously you do like a lot of like interviews on social media and IG pa- TV pages, whatever. And I think I had mentioned at some point that one of my hidden talents was to do accents because I didn't know what else to put, and I just knew that I liked making accents because I liked like laughing and making people laugh. And then the first. That was the second question that they asked me, and it came from Tamron Green, which was one of the Miss South Africans I looked up to the most. So she's like getting ready to ask me a question, and I was like, oh my goodness, like I'm stressing. And she's like, so you said that a hidden talent is that you can do accents. Um, who is your celebrity crush, like South African? And I told her, and she was like, okay, so how would you like speak to him or approach him? in an American accent and I died inside I was like oh my goodness this is my Miss South Africa interview and I have to like basically like approach my celebrity crush in American accent so I use an American accent um, and yeah it was fun they laughed like they enjoyed it I enjoyed it but I never thought that I would have had to do that <laughs> um, and I kind of regret putting that down as one of my like hobbies or whatever but yeah i mean you know what i'm gonna ask you to do i know but i'm just that's, like that's where i was going with this question i'm just like let me listen, <laughs> listen. come on let's see it and then we can move on okay but you have to give me like a line or script or scenario or something listen what just say whatever bro listen <laughs> wait a... say Hi guys, welcome to the Talking with Tommy podcast. I'm Tiffany Francis and then I'll use it as an intro at some point. Okay, okay. <laughs> now I'm going to butcher it because I'm stressed. Okay. <sighs> Hi guys, welcome to the Talking with Tommy podcast and I'm Tiffany Francis and yeah. <laughs> I'm happy with that. I'm happy with that. We can move on. <laughs> Americans, can if an American on. ever sees us, they're going to be like, what <laughs> was that? How dare she? <laughs> insulted an entire nation literally imagine i mean are there any accents you can do better than that i i don't know i guess i don't even know if i can do it well i think i just do it really funny and that's why i enjoy it like i do uh, that's not bad i do a uk accent as well but i'm not gonna try that now <laughs> Yeah, if anyone can do that, anyone can do the UK accent. Yeah. yeah but now I'll give a pros for that one, actually. That was solid. Thanks. Okay. So, your whole interview period is done. Now it's it's yeah. done, it's finished, workshops finished. You make it into a top 10. Mm. Now, this is where, like, the real work gets put in, I'm assuming. Mm. This is where, like, you get a lot piled onto you. Yeah. So, from making it into top 10... To the point where you're on stage, mm. how much work and how much actually gets put into that? Because I think it was a short period of time between the two, like the top ten announcement and the, the actual show date. 
Um, like how much work actually gets gets put into that? Sure, a lot. I don't even think people understand how much goes on behind the scenes. Like especially people that are fans of South Africa. Like we, so it was like the public voting and the top thirty interview, and then there was a waiting period. I can't remember exactly how long. I think it was about a week, or no, not even maybe a few days. And then um, I got we got a Zoom call from Steffi, and you got told you were in the top ten, and obviously happy days. But within that same Zoom call, it was you have to be in Cape Town with. In. So I think I found out the Thursday or the Friday, and by the Sunday, we had all been flying to Cape Town. So it was like a whirlwind. It was so quick. Um, and when we got there, it was just focusing on the announcement to the public, because obviously the public had not known who their top ten was yet. Um, and it was just like shoots, statements, interviews media events it was just a lot and so much excitement things you aren't used to um there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes your final dress um your statement what what your your telecast telecast yeah telecast is going to be which is your video that everyone sees on mnet or on dstv when you come on a commercial break like filming that writing your script for that um the South Africa team is also incredible. They help you with so much. Um, if you need advice on how to, you know, word things, or if you just like mentally are a bit drained or exhausted by stuff, you could go to them. So there's just a lot. It was very long days. We woke up some days at like I remember like four o'clock, um, because our call time for the shoot would be like maybe five or six. But like I would take long to get ready, so I would always wake up earlier. Um, wake up at four and then we do a shoot and then maybe we'd have an event or maybe we'd have lunch or whatever it may be with busy days and then you'd get back to the hotel at like nine um, and then it would repeat the next day um, but people don't see that people just see social media like oh my goodness the top 10 are posting glamorous photo shoots you know like it must be such a nice like like thing which it is it really is but I don't want people to think that it's not hard work as well because it is hard work every single person the top 10 the crew the miss sa team everyone involved works incredibly hard to produce everything that you guys get to see on social media and on tv um but yeah it was a lot of work but with the work came excitement came a lot of new things that we learned came getting to know one another um and yeah obviously like you you were in Cape Town. Were you in Cape Town during the time where it was still the top 30? Mm-mm. Or did you only go when it was top 10? So you so you, you went? Yeah, you were told you made it in top twice. 10. twice. Yeah, we went for first, like, what do you say, first leg. Um, mm-hmm. Which, I know injuries closed end of June. I can't even, I think it was, I may be wrong. It could have been July. August, like we were there for like end of July to beginning of August. Um, mm-hmm. Sure, the, the, my dates are mixed up, but it was around that period. Um, yeah. And then we came back, all came back to our home places um, after announcement. Like we were, actually, no, I'm lying. Mm-hmm. We were in Cape Town when the public still thought it was top 30. We were doing everything on the DL. 
and then we were announced to South Africa and then about two days after mm-hmm. that is when everyone was was like we got home and stuff yeah okay so like you went to Cape Town twice along with the other you know top 10 girls mm-hmm. what's your relationship like with all of them oh my goodness if I if I could tell you we, we have a group chat and like the funniest stuff happens on that group chat like um we have the best relationship honestly and that's another like stereotype people have is that beauty pageants or however um you view it um have like cattiness and like you don't get along and the girls fight and all the on-screen friendships is fake that is not true like we are all friends to this day we talk to each other every day on our group chat and so, like sometimes individually we phone each other check up on each other everything um because what people don't understand is that like Miss South Africa is a life-changing journey it changes and molds you in so many ways that you need a support system you know you need someone that understands exactly what you are going through and for me and for all the other girls it was the rest of the top 10 like we were the only people that knew exactly what each other was feeling when we were nervous we were nervous together when we were happy we were happy together the day we got announced as top 10 when it was i'm actually going like i'm so emotional now but like when it was like a youtube stream right um and when we were going out one by one they showed our reveal videos which is our reactions to when we all found out we were making top 10 when Steph video called us on zoom they recorded it and made it like a reveal video as each call came out to the public basically and as each call's video played because we could see from backstage like on the monitors we all cried like with every single call's like reveal video because it's just like to work hard for something your entire like I don't want to say your entire life but for majority of your life and then you're sitting there and you see that the girls around you also they know exactly what you're feeling um and you're watching it on a monitor holding each other's hands before you go on stage to now you know some of our friends like my mom and dad were the only people that knew and like that I'd made it into top 10 so it's like you sitting backstage watching the monitor with your friend like your your friends like cuz that's what they become become your sisters your friends we holding hands we crying and then you go on stage and it's like oh now i've just realized like now the rest of my family and my friends know you know the people that have support, been supporting me know as well so um we we formed a very close bond and we still talk to this day and i think that we never will stop talking and seeing each other and being friends and yeah uh like would you say there's like some that you got closer to like mm. like you know you look at me like nah that's my brother that's my <laughs> homie like obviously all of your love friends but mm. like which one who you tight with so i think naturally the person that i first formed like the really close um bond with was kaylin um because Kaylin was yeah. my roommate and it was so funny because the first mm. two days when Cape Town Kaylin had like she didn't get covid but there was like a covid scare like her results were neutral they wasn't like a negative or positive so she wasn't able to come down to Cape Town she had to isolate and then she got there a few days after the rest of us had been there for a little bit you know and like she got there i think at 10 o'clock at night 
And she came in and we literally stayed up the whole night almost and spoke. We just spoke. And this is someone I met for the first time in my life. I'd never met Kayla and I'd only seen pictures of her. We knew who she was because obviously we knew she was our top 10 sister, but we'd never met her. And for me to like have had a whole DMC the entire night with her, we clicked immediately. So Kaylin definitely. And then of course, like all the girls, like we are close, but obviously there's certain moments you share with some more than others, like whether you were roommates, whether you were, we got partnered up for interviews together. So you spend more time with each other sometimes, you know? Um, yeah. um, and Zimi is another one of the girls that I got closest to. We like ordered sushi together, like made videos, used to laugh together, like, went for walks, it was so fun, um, and I remember having, like, a DMC with Lalila, like, one of the first days that we were there, getting to know her, and her background, and understanding each other's personalities, so, um, I think that that's, like, for me, the memories I remember, but I would say, like, overall, I don't want to, like, measure it up to each other, because we still have a unique friendship, but, yeah, those are, like, the three girls that I remember sharing the most like vulnerable and special moments with. So you are really formed like you described it earlier like a sisterhood. Mm, we really did like people but think like, it's like a yeah. cliche brand but it's literally <laughs> it's the, the reality of it. So Obviously, like, I've spoken to you a bit about this, but mm. going into it, obviously, all of y'all want the same thing. Mm. And I was actually surprised when you when you told me that amongst all of y'all, there was no, as much as all of y'all had the same goal, there was no A of competitor. Com- yo, yo, English, English, wait. It makes up for there all my no- mess-ups, this one. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> I won't edit it out, it's fine. <laughs> A of competitiveness, mm. there was none of that between y'all. Mm-mm. And obviously, like, I I don't follow my South Africa at all. Mm. Like, I've, I've never, like, the first time I ever watched my South Africa was last year, obviously, because you were in it, mm. you know. And in my mind, I was always thinking, like, oh, yeah, sure. They probably, you know, competitive. Mm. They're going against each other. They, they, you know, they're not trying to get too friendly. And then you told me, like, yeah, nah, we're all just chilling, having conversation. I was like, okay, <laughs> that, like, that's, like, it's just interesting for mm. me to think about. Because, like, people will just see the, the broadcast of the stage show, mm. the announcement, all that, and, um, not actually get the full picture of what's happening behind this. It's not just in terms of your relationship mm. with each other, but as you were discussing, the amount of work that goes mm. in, you know, where you'd go from one shoot to another shoot to an interview next, mm. and then so on and so on and so on. And then it all just culminates into one night, which is obviously where uh, most South Africa actually gets announced. Mm. So, with you being on that stage, how did it feel to finally be there? Sure. I think it really didn't, and not just for me, I think for, like, most of the girls, it didn't feel real, it really felt surreal. Like, 
you don't believe you're there. Like I remember we walked into the venue, into Grand West Arena, before the stage was built and everything. Um, and I was just like, what is going on? I was like, I was now, now, like, vision in like envisioning this in my room and thinking what it's going to be like if god willing i make myself after one day who's going to be the rest of the girls that are in it with me where is it going to be you know and then even when we started rehearsing and the stage was being built and we were practicing on the stage and our rehearsal gear and stuff and sitting and we were tired and we were all on like what is it called bio bio plus like just to get energy because we were so tired everyone was so tired to finally get to that night it almost felt like we were still rehearsing if it makes sense like it didn't feel real until we walked out and we had like a big unveiling where we were like revealed from the curtains um it felt real when i started yelling like my family and screaming my name in the audience then i started to get a little bit nervous because now it's in front of the people you love, it's in front of an audience, but it's also live. So, um, sure, I think I just felt very content and very proud and happy. Um, but it, at the same time, I felt like it wasn't real. <laughs> it sounds weird, mm. but it didn't feel real to me in some moments. Um, because, like, you worked so hard and, like, I don't know, it just feels weird. Like, when I... I, I I know I'm giving the worst answer ever, but like, you can't really no, no, explain no, no, no. it. Like, half of me was like mm. present and there, and the other half of me was like, this is still rehearsal. Like, I'm and still enjoying it. Yeah. So, this belief, like, I'm still enjoying it with my girls. Like, we're still laughing. It was exactly like that. If, as soon as we would go backstage, like, you guys would see us come with like dresses and swimwear. As soon as we go behind the curtain, we just like making jokes with each other and having fun. Like, it wasn't hectic. Everything felt so natural and so, like, blessed and just, yeah. I think I was just excited to be there and we're getting to see, like, we were all more excited, I think, for our seeing each other's families than seeing our own families sometimes because mm-hmm. we wanted to know, like, who, where does, like, Kaylin come from, like, who raised such an incredible person who has such an incredible background and where does Johnny come from? You know, like we all were so excited for that. So, um, yeah, it was just like so many emotions, but I think just belief was definitely one. Like you, you can't believe that you're there, you know? So obviously, you know, for those that actually kept up with Mother Africa, mm. they know how it went. Yeah. So, you know, they had the way they had your showcase your um the swimsuit mm. your 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 dress are they called evening gowns yeah. I, I don't know what they called yeah those things mm. nah, looked fire nah? they had your showcase that they had your do this beautiful segment mm. where you're talking to your younger selves yeah and then they done the the top five announcement mm. they went through the names and Unfortunately, yours wasn't called. Yeah. Let's talk about it. I think, like, you know, I think throughout the entire journey, sometimes you, like, there were moments where, like, I think all of us felt it, where sometimes you're like, it could happen. Like, I could make top five. Like, I could win, you know? 
And then there's moments 100%. where you're like, oh, I'm not feeling like you don't, you're not as confident in yourself because you messed up something. Like it's small stuff because it's such a pressurized environment where if you messed up the way you answered a question in one interview, you would be like, what if I'm not a Miss SA? You know what I mean? Like you really do second guess yeah. yourself a lot sometimes and sometimes you are very confident. Like it's a journey of emotions. So on the night, like when you're standing on the stage, top five was being called out. Um, I think in that moment, I was very content. I was confident. I like, I thought there's a possibility I could make it in, but I also know there's a possibility I can't. But I, I, like I said, having that confidence in God and that like unexplainable faith of like whatever happens, you know, is meant to happen. Um, and then they called the last girl for top five out and it was actually Zimi, who was like, we were always in alphabet, like alphabetical order. So she was right next to me. And I got so excited. I just like, my heart like jumped. And I was just like, because obviously we'd formed a close bond with everyone. But like I explained earlier, Zimi and I had shared like moments of just like being open with one another. So to know how much it meant, oh, I was excited. I didn't even have time to think about the fact that my name wasn't called, if that makes sense. So I was excited and I was just like, you know, then disappointment did seep in for a bit, but I was just like, but it's fine because the five women that were standing there were women that I know deserved it just as much as I did, you know, had worked just as hard as anyone else did. Um, and it was God's plan, like it really was. So even though I was naturally, as anyone would be disappointed when I walked backstage, I think that I just was what what actually... It sounds weird, but what made it better for me was that I was just happy for the rest of the girls because, like, like they yeah. become, like, a part of your life. And then we just literally sat in the change, like, not in the changing room, but in, like, the makeup area and watched the rest of the show and cheered everyone on. And, like, you know, that's how it was. It was just natural. Like, even though I was disappointed, I think that in the moment I was just, like, um, trusting God and just happy for the plan that he had because like he had a plan for people that I cared about you know um, and then I think it more so affected me after everything was over like after the night um, the days the two 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 like well, I think two to three days after um, I'd stayed in Cape Town with my family just to have some downtime and relax from all the media and like you know it had been just this publicized thing I'd been in for months. So just to be with my family was a lot more like peaceful. I think in that moment I took it a little bit harder because then you start to question yourself and your work ethic and like your story and if you really worked as hard as you think you did and what you could have done, whatever. But I think what gave me com like comfort, my English comfort, was just knowing that when I did ask myself, what would you have done better? I literally could not answer myself. I literally had nothing. I was like, there was nothing more I could have done or added to get to where I wanted to be or whatever the case is. And that's when I knew. I knew I gave my best. And if I gave my best, then it was God's plan for me to do something else or for this to be the end of my journey. And that's when I started to just like, almost what do you say like grow from it in a sense 
So even though it was disappointing yeah. and I was confused and like I think a little bit like you ask yourself because people don't understand that in the environment like you have these fan pages that are like either hyping you up or bringing you down. You know, like people want to make you too confident. Some people want to make you less confident. Like you get DMs, you get people that you come across in the journey face to face that will tell you. Um, I think you this and you should win or whatever opinions they have um, and that does affect you emotionally because you're human like you know if you like I said earlier did bad in an interview to your knowledge you did bad and someone told you but you actually did well that can make you happy and be like actually maybe I didn't do that bad but if you did bad and someone tells you again you know maybe that answer you could have changed or whatever and it was never from like internal it was always like watching social media like yeah. no one internally would ever do that like they would always encourage us and be positive but like that whole social media thing sometimes you're like but this was said so why didn't this happen kind of thing you know like yeah. these people were confident in me and I let them down or whatever the case may be but um yeah my my vibe was just I when I asked myself what else could you have done? And I literally couldn't say anything. I was just like, I've done everything I have done. It was my first time entering the South Africa at 22. I'm still very young. And I made it all the way to top 10. Um, and I think that was something that's, that was quite um, a happy moment for me in my life. And it's helped me. Like, I wouldn't change it. I really wouldn't. Because... You know, I've seen how it's just helped me and helped me grow in my life and the people it's brought into my life and the opportunities it's brought. So, yeah. Now that's beautiful. <laughs> I'm going to write a no, book now. A I'm joking. <laughs> Yo, go write a book. <laughs> go write a book, fam. Imagine. Go do all of that. <laughs> all of that. Book, a movie about a book, a series adaptation <laughs> of the movie. <laughs> a Netflix series exact all of that all, you big time now Moss hmm? you're an influenza <laughs> you can do all these things yeah you never know but obviously mm. like coming from that you know as much as the outcome you know wasn't what you obviously hope for mm. you know there's been some good that's come from the like the muscle Africa experience. So tell me a bit about like like what is what has actually come from that experience, mm-hmm. like moving away from it and even though you didn't win, what what have you gained? I think you walk out with a bigger sense of self, like you know yourself a lot more. I realized quite yeah. a few times throughout the journey I actually didn't know myself entirely. Like Sometimes people would ask you questions where you'd have to like think about the answer twice because you were like, actually, this makes sense. Like, do I actually know this, you know? So I I know myself a lot more now. We do a lot of workshops with, you know, like, um, like the, what, what do you say? Just basically making sure your mental health is in check and where your boundaries are. I think I walked out out of it knowing who I am even deeper, knowing what my boundaries are, what I'm going to allow into my life, what I'm not going to allow into my life. And it's weird because you think you know that, but like 
going through a journey like that, you actually don't really know that. Like you think you know what mm-hmm. type of people you want in your life. And then you go through that and you come out and you're like, actually, I don't know. Like, you know, you only meet those people throughout the journey. So that and then I think the opportunities like for modeling, you know, it's it's a good way to market yourself as a model if that's what you want to focus on. I would never say do Miss South Africa if that's what you want to do because you aren't doing it for the right reasons. But um, I had yeah. some opportunities for modeling jobs. My business, like, was so on, on so much of like a bigger platform because of that journey. Um, myself and my brand as an individual is so much more known and I have a stronger platform to stand on to do the things that I want to do in my life, to pursue the things that I want to. So um, it's been it's been very it's been incredible and I'm so thankful for it. Um, and it's only the beginning, to be honest. Like it's really only the beginning. Um, there's so many contacts and net there's so much networking that we all got from it that we'll always stay in contact with that are going to help us build our futures and going to help each other. So, yeah, I would just say that, like, I've learned so much and I'm going to definitely use that for my future in whatever way I can. And it's literally only the beginning for me. And, yeah. I love it. So, basically, before we wrap up, there's one more question I have left for you. Well, I have several questions, but this is the main one. Mm. How would you actually like to be remembered? Like not just you, Tiffany, as the entrepreneur, the model, or the Mercer Africa finalist. You, Tiffany, as a whole. Mm, as an individual. Yeah. I think. Hmm, I think I want to be remembered as someone who wanted. Or who always tried, or let's not even say tried, who did um, let people like tap into their potential or see the value they have to offer. Because like I mentioned it earlier, but when I was younger, I didn't have um, like many of those individuals around me. Like I had my family, you know, and like my close friends. But when you're young, like, all that really matters is your family. Like when you a kid, when you before you form those like real friendships, when you I would say you form like proper friendships when you're about in high school because you're older and you're more mature and you guys know how to communicate. But when you're like younger and you're going through the phase of like coming up with what your dreams are, whatever the case is, you only have your family. So I only had like my mom, dad, and my grandparents that could encourage me and like you know, push me to pursue my dreams, but I didn't have people outside of that environment when I would actually be in the position to take advantage of something. So as an example, when I had, when I was in the position to market Tiffany K models, but it would be like maybe at an event where my family wasn't around. Like I remember, I don't know if you remember a few years ago, Tiffany K models got featured on SABC and I did like a show segment on it. None of my like people that were that encouraging, even though like you were around, none of no none of you could physically be there with me. So in those moments, you need to kind of like draw from yourself. You have to be that individual that can influence you and help you 
you know, grow and realize what your potential is. So I hope that I can be someone that people can think of whenever they're feeling doubtful of the things that they want to do in their life or whenever they need someone to assist them or to lend them just like a shoulder. Like I said, to cry on or either uh, like arms to hug when they have to celebrate something either way. Um, Yeah, I think that that's what I would like to be remembered by. It's beautiful. So listen, Tuff, if people want to find you, where can they do that? So you guys can find me. I think all my social media is Tiffany K. Francis on every platform. Um, and then if you guys want to follow Tiffany K. Models, it's also Tiffany K. Models on every platform as well. So that's where you can find us and we'll follow back. Wonderful. If you're watching this on YouTube, there should be links in the description. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That was great. Uh, that was amazing. Honestly, I just, thank I you have for like, coming on. Thank you for having me. I feel like people are going to watch this and be like, she was like blowing her nose so many times, but it's literally like my sinus and I ate something strong. Mm-hmm. So guys, if you see yeah. a tissue every second, just know that's why. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's chilled. Well, I'm, I'm not editing anything out. Like I refuse. <laughs> I refuse to be given editing work for this. I'm, no, no. It's early. Okay, listen. It's been amazing. Like, I'm going to have you on again in future. Mm. Nah. Let's hope it's when man has a studio, like an actual studio. Because soon, soon, that's going to be a thing. Yeah, it's going to happen. But now, that's been amazing. Honestly, thank you for coming on. For all those that actually tuned in and stayed till the end, I appreciate you. Whether you're watching on YouTube, listening on Spotify, or wherever else, it's appreciated. Um, if you could like and share and subscribe, all of that would be appreciated. If you didn't like this, but you still stay till the end, I don't know why you do that, but I appreciate <laughs> nonetheless. Now, once again, thank you, Tiffany, for coming. Thank you for thank having you me. Thank you for tuning in. This is us. Okay. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye.